All right, uh, welcome to my show, Band to Band. Uh, had an account on Twitter for a while, only began using it about the beginning of January of 19. Um, found lots of friends and bands and um, met new people and we've collaborated and have had a bunch of Twitter friends, a bunch of indie bands supporting each other. And I came up with this idea a few weeks ago you know, you don't really know these people, so I said, well, well, get some of the bands together, and actually me. So that's that's the way this thing started, and and I don't even know if I knew your name until your <laughs> wife responded to one of the things. I'm like, oh, his name's Tony. I'm glad you know that it's my wife sometimes talking, because honestly, I don't have a lot of time on my hands, so... When it comes to promoting and stuff like that, yeah. she is my gem. She does like almost everything for me. I'm not saying I ask her to do it. She just took the ball and ran with it one day, and she loves doing the social media stuff. So a lot of times people are actually talking to her, and I think they think they're talking to me. And it's funny because I'm like, you know, sometimes I do respond to people personally, and I'm like, but I don't know half of the conversations you actually had, and I don't always have time to catch up on it. So right. sometimes I'm like, what is he talking about? Or what is this guy even saying here? But, right. yeah, uh, I'm glad that you guys uh, got in touch, though. Yeah, that's cool. Cool to have that help. Yeah. All right, so on to my first question. Uh, I know you're a one-man band, so you're mainly a drummer, and then you play guitar and everything, too? Or did you are you started as a guitar player and became a drummer later? Or, uh, or like, how did, how did you like, start out and stuff like that? So it's kind of interesting, um, going back to when I was six, uh, I really wanted a guitar. My brothers had guitars and things like that. I was super interested in playing, um, and my parents got me a guitar. And it was funny because I don't remember the actual brand of the guitar. I just remember that on the uh, headstock it said the Shredder. And in my head, I was like, oh, like the guy from Ninja Turtles. This is so cool. Like, I just put it together like that, and I couldn't play anything it was just noise after probably a month i actually put it down and i didn't touch an instrument and then when i was 11 my dad who was also a drummer he bought a drum set i think uh it was a tama grand star like a really nice kit brought it home he put it together walked out of the living room came back and i was playing along to carry on your way with some by kansas pretty much according to him flawlessly and I had never, tr like, never touched a drumstick in my life. Wow. Um, I think it just came that naturally to me. Um, yeah. From there, he actually ended up putting the drums in my room, which I had a room in the basement. And, you know, it was really cool. He let me just kind of go to town whenever I want. Um, I think I was 15 or 16. A few uh, girls that I was friends with, ironically, at school, we put a little band together in another room in a basement that I had that my mom had bought a different house. Long story short, um, we made one song. I don't remember the name of our, our band, but we made one song. We called it Civil Disorder. And I, I, don't, I just remember it being like we thought it was the greatest thing ever. It was literally we took a, a realistic, you know, Radio Shack's brand. Um, we had taken a tape recorder, put it in the middle of the floor, and just like pressed record, you know, and thought it was the greatest thing ever. But that was my first, you know, mm -hmm real band so to speak and you know with recording and whatnot um but what got me really going was uh, so i was in a couple of bands in long island one of them called 12 inch bick 
and yes, it's a play on words. And the um, other band was kind of an evolution of that, and we were called Ecoside. And that's when we started really taking ourselves seriously. At this point, I was about 18. Um, we were playing a lot all over Long Island. Uh, we played a couple of shows off the island as well. Uh, the band ended up, we ended up breaking up, and I actually had, we were in the middle of recording an album, and mm -hmm. I was doing pretty much all the production. Mm -hmm. And I ended up having to move into the small apartment. Um, it was, uh, I don't know, it was another basement. I think like almost all my life I lived in a basement up until I got my own house. <laughs> but um, it was someone's basement apartment, one bedroom, and I couldn't set my drums up. And I still wanted to continue doing music. And while recording with them, I kept picking up their guitars and playing with them and started to realize I was able to play guitar too. And then I realized, well, I could also play bass. And I actually started recording a lot of the bass lines on this album we were doing just because I guess as the drummer, I was picking up on things that I felt could have been accented a little bit more on the bass. Well, this actually all leads me to, and I don't mean to go run on here, how mm -hmm. I actually started my own personal recording process. So I sat there in this basement apartment and took all of the drums and removed everyone else's tracks and just started rewriting brand new songs on top of existing drums that were played and written for other songs and turned them into completely different songs. And that's when I was like, wait a minute, I, you know, I could literally take anything and make it sound completely different. So when I actually got to a point where I was able to set drums up again, I, and this is still to this day, how I record, um, I would actually just sit at the drums, just play random stuff, and then sit at the computer and just write stuff on top of it. Like, nothing was predetermined. I've not written one guitar line, nothing. It's always the drums first, which is, I think, completely backwards, in my opinion, to what most yeah. people do. Um, and uh, I spoke to <laughs> So, yeah. Um, I started playing music when I was six, technically 11. And, yeah. I've been in a bunch of bands. I ended up being in a band called All the Above, and we actually toured nationally for a while, about three or four years. Um, mm -hmm. Did a few collaborations with some decent artists. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with the band Mushroom Head. Um, their previous singer, Waylon Revis, um, we actually did a collaboration with him. We were working with a couple of hip-hop artists, ironically, who were affiliated with, like, Bone Thugs and Harmony. And we never personally worked with them, but we worked with people that worked with them, and you know, right. we had a lot of fun, a lot of success. Um, the last tour we did, we actually donated a lot of our money. We were donating uh, most of our ticket sales, actually. Um, and I want to say it was 2013, maybe, was probably when we stopped touring. My second son was about two years old at the time, and my mm -hmm. wife was like, you got you to gotta be home. <laughs> and that's, you know, so I kind of stepped away from music for a long time, and it was about two years ago, yeah, around sometime in 2018, my kids actually asked me how come they can't hear any of my music on Spotify, and I was like, oh, well, you know, when I used to play, Spotify didn't exist, and blah, 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 and YouTube wasn't a thing, really, so uh, they were like, well, why don't you, you know, record again and get your music on there, and I just, I set up a home studio, and I started recording again, same <laughs> process, just playing drums and sitting there and cutting them up and piecing them together, and then, so everything you hear is all me playing, it's all live instruments, the drums, everything, but it's like Frankenstein stuff. So I actually, funny enough, I recorded probably, this was like 17 years ago. I have a folder. The folder is randomly called V on my computer. That folder has its way to every brand new hard drive I've ever had throughout the years. Every time I rebuild, that folder contains like about 65 full songs um, that I've recorded 
when I was young that I could pretty much from any time I want go in and get an idea from. I'll re-record drums. Like I said, I sit there, I, I just record rambled on drums. Some of them are based on ideas from this folder, but the whole thing, the whole creep scene thing really actually is, um, I really love horror. I love like horror rock. And it's actually based on a story I wrote when I was younger. And all these songs that I recorded were supposed to be part of this story. So now I'm like trying to bring the songs to life and actually structure them like real songs. Cause what they were, were five to 15 minute long, like, I'm not going to use the word ballad because it's not ballad type music, but they were right. just really long run on songs that just kept changing. And it was like, by the time you get to the end, it was like, this is not the same song at all that it started off to be. Um, mm -hmm. So I'm in the middle of recording a follow-up album now. And to also answer the other part of the question, I play everything you hear on there, obviously one man band, but I play every instrument that I've been handed to try. I've been able to at least somewhat play. Do I claim to be the greatest musician? No, I don't think I'm phenomenal to any instrument except for the right. drums, maybe. Um, right. I'm good at everything else enough to, you know, record things, have fun. Mm -hmm. I think what I do is I could take the guitar and although I can't play like crazy solos, I could come up with really cool riffs and ideas to take notes that sound weird and put them in weird places. So mm -hmm. it's more of a, I'm more creative with having a lack of skill set, right. what I can do with it. Um, and that's where it plays into the whole horror thing too. I, I can make something that's a little creepier sounding in my opinion and have just as much effect as some like mind blowing solo that I just yeah. can't physically play. Um, but yeah, it's still the same basic principle. Like the other day I sat down, I recorded a drum track yesterday. I Frankenstein the pieces together, laid some guitar tracks and a bass line. And I actually have what I think so far is probably one of my best songs. And it's really cool because uh, right before this whole quarantine thing happened, I actually um, completely upgraded all of my stuff in my studio. I got new monitors. I got all new plugins, new software, rebuilt the computer. I put got a new interface with better uh, mic pre's, better drum mics. And then, you know, this happened. So I actually am taking this as personally, I now have three months where I know I'm not working. Right. <laughs> um, that I'm going to bang out this entire album and just be done with it. So I'm really excited. I'm excited to mess around. It's like I'm a kid in the candy store right now with all the new stuff. Waves basically put like all their plugins on sale. I don't know if you've noticed. Yeah, yeah. I got like $1,500 worth of Waves plugins in the past <laughs> couple of months for, you know, a very small fraction of that. Right. So, right. Yeah. Definitely. I'm excited for the next step in my musical journey. <laughs> all right. Now you're going to your question, I guess. Uh, yeah. So um, my question would actually be ironic um, to that. When did you start playing music and uh, what kind of instruments do you play? Obviously, I hear what you play on the um, songs right. that I've listened to. but <laughs> Right. Well, uh, I guess around sixth grade, I have no idea. never remember why. And it was kind of weird that you mentioned it was sixth grade for you, too. <laughs> <laughs> it's like kind of a weird, weird timing thing. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, age, right? <laughs> for some odd reason, I wanted to play saxophone. I think it was just they took it in school. They had some band thing or something. Yeah. Uh, so I tried that for a little bit, and then I kind of, kind of remember the reed and the mouth thing. I didn't really like that, and then I think the case was a little heavy. Yeah. Or at least that's 
or at least that's the excuse I used. Fair enough. <laughs> I don't know. Could be. I, I, don't know. Funny. I completely omitted this from my brain, but in school, that was the instrument that I played as well. Not. It was a very short lived as well, though. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I don't recall why, but I do think like similar. The reed. I wasn't big on. I, I don't know. Something was weird. It just felt weird to me. I don't know. Yeah, and then uh, okay after that, I guess maybe a year or so passed. I don't know, two years. And I was, I have no idea reason why, but I wanted to play the guitar. So, all right, yeah. Sometime around age fifteen, I, I just decided to play guitar, and my parents are like, "Oh, is he gonna stop that again too?" You know, so so I rented a guitar, and then I took lessons for like three months until you know. It was kind of boring. It's like you're on the first string, ding, 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 second string, third string. I'm like, okay, when are we going to get to something good? <laughs> and he starts me off on uh, Margaritaville by Jimmy Buffett. Buffett. And I'm like, yeah, that's that's not what I want to be playing. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, I'm like, all right, I'm done. So I just played the rest, you know, learn by ear the rest. It's yeah. The old uh, needle playing it back and forth, learning the song. Yeah. Back. And, you know, I've basically learned to Ted Nugent, Bachmann Overdrive, ACTC, Leonard Skinner, stuff like that. Yeah. Basically. Yeah, you can I tell, mean, in my opinion, my big, you can tell that influence come out. <laughs> yeah. My big lead, two lead things that I got down perfectly way back was uh, Freebird. I used to sit there for hours and just do all the leads for Freebird. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's, and that's then, uh, <laughs> and then try to fake the, the. Uh, do you feel like we do? But Peter Frampton try to fake his talk box while you're. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Basically, how I started playing. Does that, does that answer? Well, yeah, definitely. All right. Uh, I want to know a little bit about uh, more collaboration with uh, a few of the bands, like um, Demon Scar mm-hmm. and some of the other ones. I can't remember. So, <laughs> how did that come about? And did they send you just wave files or audio files, and then you kind of did the drums to them, or? Yep. Well, or, so. Uh, in regards to Demon Scar, actually, funny enough, uh, and I found out this a little like later into actually getting to know them a little bit, we apparently all went to the same high school. <laughs> um, <laughs> wow. Yeah, I was like, I, I guess, you know, because I knew most people that I thought, you know, I and mean, they did too, but I guess somehow or another, maybe we either don't remember each other from then or mm. different years maybe, I don't know. Like I said, the problem with that is, um, so as we've already kind of previously discussed, beforehand my wife does a lot of the promoting and whatnot so this conversation she's had that i but um long story short just becoming friendly with them um and they're obviously a pretty completely different genre in my opinion than my music mine is they're all they all fall in the rock category but theirs is definitely a little bit more just kind of as they put it raw unfiltered kind of you know just rock and um so, yeah, I don't know really actually how it came about of me playing the drums on one of their songs. I think they were in between drummers or something, but they had a song they were working on. And they really, I guess, wanted to record it. So I almost think at first it was more of like a, hey, do you think you'd be able to lend me the, the drums, so to speak? Like, 
Yeah, so I think they were in between drummers or, you know, and this, so I've already basically expressed, like, I'm more than willing, you know, being I'm home and I have access to my studio whenever, like, I would, you know, be of service if I could help someone out or whatever. Um, but, yeah, I guess, you know, we just, we got friendly and they were like, hey, you know, would you want to, we got this lick we've been working on, would you uh, be willing to, you know, throw a drum track on it for us? And it kind of started off as that question of, in my head, like, oh, they just, they need someone to record drums. And I was totally down with it. And then it kind of turned into a, so they sent me at first just like an idea of them playing it and videoing it on like their phone. And I was like, all right, cool. I could definitely drive to that. And they're like, all right, well, we'll record an actual guitar track and send it to you. So they just sent me a, you know, basic like MP3 guitar track, something I could sit at the drums and listen to and play along to. Um, they did play along to a clicker, which was good. So I had an actual perfectly in time uh, guitar track. I basically just ran it through mm -hmm. headphones, sat at the drums, played a bunch of stuff. I had about five different takes, um, sat down. I kind of put the best pieces together that I liked from it, sent it to mm -hmm. them to get their idea of it as just like one, you know, put together track. And then it was like, uh, hey, you know, this is actually really cool. Like, let's start discussing ideas and things we could change about it and blah, blah, blah. And before you knew it, I ended up, which I, I wish I would have went back and checked. I think the low tones on the bass are a little thick on the sub end, but I ended up mixing the whole thing and mastering it, um, mm -hmm. which kind of made me feel like it was a little more important than just a guy sitting there playing the drums, which I, again, I'm more than willing to do that and would have fun doing that all day. But um, right. it was definitely, it turned into an interesting process because it started off with, they send me, a video of them playing guitar to sending me the real track to they sent me and you know based on i guess everything we discussed with each other exactly what i needed perfect tracks that were waveform uncompressed with enough headroom and they sent me you know the bass line and they sent me the the multiple different guitar tracks and the vocal tracks and you know i just asked them simply please just label what each thing is and make sure that it starts at the same exact time so i don't have to sit there and try to line it all up and I was able to just drop all the waves right into my DAW and line it up with my drum track immediately. Everything was, it clicked into place. And then I just mixed it, sent it a couple of mixes back and forth till they were happy and we were happy. And I'm really actually proud to put my name on that all day with them, um, which was cool because it sparked my interest in doing collaborations because I wasn't really one on a solo side to get back into collaborating with other people. One of the main reasons why I right. was doing it on myself is because I could take my time and I really had nobody to answer to in regards to creative ideas. So um, it was fun because we were able to do it, but we didn't have to be in the same room. And I think that gave us the freedom of like listening to it and saying or doing what we wanted without ha still having that feeling of no one's here to tell me no. They could tell right. me no after I send it to them later kind of deal, you know? Um, right. And it worked out great. And now uh, there's um, another guy on there, the Sound Ninja. I'm sure you're familiar with him. I don't know if I'm supposed to tell anybody, but I'm actually in the middle of right, a yeah, yeah. pretty big collaboration with him right now, surprisingly. Um, which, again, another person who their music is very, very, very different from mine. Um, which, again, I think I like. It gives me an opportunity to do something different. It gives them an opportunity to do something diff mm -hmm. different. And I think the networking and everything... Um, and the experience is a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot different with him because he uh, does a lot of mixing himself. Um, and we're doing multiple things. Like, I'm going to be doing some guitars, drums, uh, maybe even the bass. I'm going to be doing some streaming on there. He's going to be doing guitars, vocals, 
maybe the base. We haven't really figured the base out yet. So we're going to have a lot more than just, hey, you record everything and send me a blob of tracks. Like, mm -hmm. we're going to be even trying to exchange mixing ideas. So with this, I'm going to try and see if we can figure out how I could import his session into my DAW and vice versa. So we can make changes to the same thing without constantly having to send brand new waves. Because that, that, that's going to turn into a pretty hefty mix down process, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, that's kind of where I'm at with that right now. Um, it's fun. And it's it was funny because the Demon's Guard motivated to start working on music again this year. Because I was kind of like, ah. Eh. I don't know if I feel like it right now. <laughs> so, yeah, it kind of brought me back to the music space. So, yeah, I guess it all just started with them asking me, hey, man, would you mind playing the drums? And I was like, yeah, of course not. <laughs> yeah, that's that's cool. So what what uh, what is your DAW, and what do you use? Uh, I use Cubase. Um I'm still stuck on Cubase 6.5, probably because I'm very familiar with it. It's the full suite, so and when I bought it, you know, it was very expensive. And even to upgrade it to the newest version, to be honest, I can't justify personally doing it. I just, I don't think, you know, like like I said before, I'd rather take advantage of spending $500 on plugins that I know right. are going to make mixing easier that I could use in the current doll that I have. But I use Cubase. Uh, I've been using Cubase actually since 2002, maybe 2003, like a really long time I've been using it at this point. Um, I started off with Cakewalk, um, which is funny because uh, in the last video you did, uh, I know you were talking about using Cakewalk. Um, so yeah, I, I used Cakewalk. I've used um, Cool Edit Pro was a very interesting it, it was like it had more mastering tools than anything, so recording full songs in that program was weird. Um, I've tried Ableton. I've tried a whole bunch of different programs, but I landed on Cubase at one point by accident. Someone was like, hey, I have this program that I got for free. I can install it on your computer, and I was like, yeah, I'll try it. And it just, for some reason, seemed like the one immediately when I opened it up. I was like, oh, right. I don't even know what I'm doing, but I feel like I know what I'm doing. <laughs> right. So yeah, that's that's where I'm at. I'm still using Cubase. I have been I couldn't be happier with it. Um, and it's not a resource hog, you know. Everyone's always Pro Tools this, blah blah. But I'm like, you know, I see people with computers that are, well, not at this point, but have had more powerful computers than me, that right. had a struggle with Pro Tools. And I'm like, I'm running, you know, sixty tracks with plugins on everything and everything active, and I'm not lagging, and you are. So. I, I'm going to go where my computer feels comfortable and I could, you know, I have a good smooth workflow without things twitching and popping and going crazy on me. Um, so I just feel like Cubase has always been very reliable to me. Cool. All right. Time for your question. Yep. So um, funny enough, I feel like I could kind of pick it out myself, but out of curiosity and I kind of have a little bit of a follow-up question to this, if you don't mind, um, okay. that I kind of thought of this morning. Um, so the last song that you did, uh, 12 Years, mm -hmm. I was wondering initially what the inspiration was for that song, um, although it sort of plays itself out pretty well, I think. Um, I still was wondering what made you care so much about that I... sort of thing, maybe. Um, so, yeah. It's just uh, last year, everybody was 
saying that the world, you know, we got 12 more years to to fix the earth and it's all, we're all going to die, you know. It's yeah. like, it just, 12 years just sparked a thing, like 12 years. And it's just like, since the 60s, they've been saying all kinds of stuff, you know. Yeah, false prediction. I mean, I mean, in the, in the 70s, there's a, we're going to run out of oil. We got more fun. We're gonna run out of oil. We're gonna run out of oil. Okay, there was a crisis and gas lines and everything, and uh, now we're like, okay, well, what happened? We're gonna run out of oil. <laughs> and then there's supposed to be an ice age in the 70s. Damn. There was no ice age. I did not. Now know they're saying that. it's warming. And it was. I'm getting, I'm getting a history lesson today. <laughs> I don't know. Then you had the acid rain thing, and then you had, and then you had the ozone. There's a big thing in the ozone in the '90s, and then that's still going. Two thousands, two thousands. All the ice caps are going to be gone in ten years. All right, <laughs> we're ten years past that. So, so now what? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I mean, and then fair points. I, I don't get how, pe how people can still believe this stuff when it's just like, how, how many times can they cry wolf? It's just like. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, all right, I'm with you. I mean, that's actually a good, relevant topic. <laughs> yeah, and, and then, you know, it's the society is so strange now that you can't even, you, I'll probably lose followers if people really know what it's about because it's just like, if you don't believe exactly what they do, it's just like, oh, you're, oh, like, yeah. you're done, you're, you're an idiot, you're done with, you know, just like, yeah. Or really? Why can't we just have a conversation and have be different people and and just hey, you're different, I'm different. And that now that's tolerance. Yeah. You know, let's tolerate everybody, but you have to believe what I believe. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, I'm the same way. I I'm very big on you know I I like to have a conversation and I don't want everyone to think everything that I think is right and I don't want to think that everything everyone else thinks is right. I. I mm -hmm. That keeps things interesting, you know. I like to hear and learn other people's opinions and thoughts, and debating is fine too, even in some scenarios. But like the fact that people will, oh, if you don't think what I think, then you know, you're the worst. Uh, mm -hmm. Or just yeah. you know, that's why I like things like politics, for instance. You'll never catch me get, even having a conversation about it with people because nine times out of ten, the person you're talking to more than likely is going to take it to such an extreme level, right. even for the littlest thing. It's like. And half the time, and this is not a popular opinion, half the time we don't as individuals, in my opinion, actually have any control over any of that stuff anyway. So until it's like directly affecting me and my family inside my house, like why am I going to get into a fight with somebody about something like that? I'll talk right. to you about it, get your opinion, you right. get mine. We could talk about why we feel the way we feel, but I can fight with someone about it. <laughs> you know, lose friends over it, you know, it's weird. Uh, so... Um, fair enough. So that does lead me to my, I just thought this up, so I hope I'm not blindsiding you with this, but so I noticed yeah. just going through your discography, uh, I can't even talk today. Sorry. Have it pulled up here. Um, going through, um, kind of your list here. I see there's about a five year gap between 1917 and devils may pass. So my question was essentially, was there just a, point where you kind of stopped working on music for a little while or were you just slowly working on 
another album taking time or just didn't have time i mean i just wonder myself like what you know i couldn't think of the word for a second sorry (laughs) well um it's just time and inspiration and there's actually there's another one in between there there's there's one called i have a plan which was i forget the dates uh isn't i have a plan Oh, okay, yeah, it came out as a single in 20... Oh, no, there's a full... Uh, it's not really a single, it's more like... No, it's an EP. Okay, yeah, you know what? That's weird. Somehow that was all the way at the bottom. I'm, like, scrolling through uh, Spotify mm. as we speak. Somehow that thing got slipped down underneath. Because I guess you put out the single Death Wish in 2018. Somehow that entire EP got jammed all the way at the bottom. So I didn't really see that. Sorry. Maybe I should have done my homework a little better. <laughs> That's still a little bit of a gap there, though. So I was just wondering if there was like a, yeah, you know, time, family, inspiration. Totally get it. <laughs> where, where I'm at, because it it's it's more it's a little more a little more easier now that my kids are older. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, uh, the, I you watched the last one, but I in in '99 uh, is when I started when I ended being in bands. I wasn't gotcha. trying to go mad. And then, and then, because um, my second son was born, sounded similar to you, and I'm like, you know, <laughs> you gotta, you gotta, you gotta do the, you gotta do the family thing, you know. Oh. It's, it's, it's like, it's like, I, I realized, in, you know, another, probably controversial topic that, that uh, I, you know, my my view. I, one of these things I'm going to write a song about this may not be the my punk band maybe my other just uh, today's nightmare band my other one man band <laughs> <laughs> hey you can have many alter egos it's all good <laughs> <laughs> so yeah because uh, and then so when is I, I kind of did yeah song I was gonna write time equals love because sometimes you think providing money and resources and everything is is enough but but it's the time and being with them and and actually physically being there that's what's going to change the world i think it's not all this other stuff yeah so that's just this is my opinion and my aspect of you know and I, my kids turned out pretty good. And I, I'm I'm happy with them. So good. There you go. I mean, that's you know, all you it, it's <laughs> you know, I'm not yelling at them for doing all kinds of crazy stuff, but uh, I I got lucky, I guess, or did the right thing, or a combination of both. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah, and then. From that point, I kind of took a break, and then and then I did my Gramps dot doc thing in 2013 that was like a period of 10 years i just slowly kind of quit i just started writing more punk stuff and then it's just like i didn't want that to be the punk thing so so i decided to separate out the punk and then the regular stuff so fair enough and i'm about ready to i have finishing up the last two songs Songs and I have another EP coming out soon. So hopefully, hopefully before June. Nice. 
keep him busy, I see. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and my plan is still um, kind of with the last, my last three, I'm going to do EP, EP, and then have another, uh, enough for another EP, and then put the other two on a full album. So there I'm going to do EP. That's 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 my my plans. Like you kind of the best of both worlds. You yeah. kind of keep them keep it regular, and then you can put out a full album for the people that like full albums. You know, just kind of. So that's yeah. gonna be my scheduling. My next no. EP should be out in about a month, hopefully. I'm trying to think. I think it's Muse. I might be wrong. I feel like Muse just recently kind of even did an interview on the radio saying something very similar to that, and it made a lot of sense. I think their last album, I could be wrong, I think it was Muse. They they put out a song like every month for like a year and a half or something like that, and then just took all those songs and put them together on one album and then released it as an album. And it kept people interested the whole time, and then when the album came out, people were excited to have it all together. And I was like, yeah, you know what? That's So that's actually why the first full-length album that I put out as Creep Scene my wife was like, hey, you know, for each month, for the next few months while you're recording it, as you get a song done, just release it. Just get people interested, you know, mm -hmm. if, if you really care to, which I'm really doing this for fun. And again, ultimately, this was because my kids went, hey, how come I can't hear your music on Spotify? So I was like, hmm, right. well, I guess I'll, I'll put music on Spotify. But it was a good idea. And, I, and I'm kind of following sort of that same, not EP, but. I'm trying to do like the let me put something out every few months at least just to kind of keep so like if someone looks at it they go oh well he's he's still relevant he's still doing something because um, you right. never know he's poking around at your page you know what I mean um, mm -hmm. and uh, yeah so I think that's a great idea so that's cool and that's good that you're keeping busy and good to know that you got a bunch of new stuff coming out <laughs> how do you balance family job writing and recording and obviously I guess you don't you don't promote yourself on social media. <laughs> well, yes and no. I mean, so, uh, yeah, I was going to say, how do I balance it? A huge part of that is my wife. She's amazing. The amount of work she puts in, just making sure that, like, all of my social media things have posts and things that keep them going and keep them, you know, relevant. Um, and she's funny, too, so that helps. Um, mm -hmm. She's good with the memes or whatever. I'm not that, like big on social media in general so since this whole quarantine thing's been going on you'll you'll see me on facebook now believe it or not but usually yeah. i might pick up my phone and look at facebook once every couple of weeks and and i'll have like eighteen thousand notifications and i'll just literally clear them but um uh in regards to just balancing everything it is a little challenging when i feel although i don't feel pressure to keep making new music i feel like i got to a point where I'm push. I'm pressuring myself to make sure that I keep things going, um, because, like I was saying, you know, back in 2013 when my last band stopped touring, I literally just walked away from music, like as if it wasn't not ever a part of my life. Meanwhile, it was the biggest part of my life for like ever. So, I am one of those people that could easily just get sidetracked and just be like, ah, I'm just gonna come home from work and watch TV and forget music, kind of deal. Uh, or get wrapped up in video games or playing with the kids and stuff. So my how I balance it is more of a forced type thing. I want to do music, but I find myself coming home from work sometimes. I'm just tired or, you know, I want to spend some time with the family. And 
before you know it, it's, you know, 11, 12 o'clock, and I'm like, well, I got to go to bed and get up work again tomorrow. So I, I force myself sometimes to literally go in the room, shut the door, lock it. But once I get going and the juices are flowing, that's it. Like, oh, yeah. you can't stop me from recording now. So right. that's that's really how my balance works is it's not very balanced. It's a, okay, I'm locking the door now, and I'm forcing myself to get cranking on something. Um but more recently with being home, it's really actually – I'm finding that I have so much time that I'm like I have to walk away from the studio now because, you know, I'm either in here too much or I'll – you know, you could overthink something. I'll be mixing something, and I'll mix the song so many different times that I probably ruined it. And if I don't walk uh, away <laughs> – you know what I'm saying? I know. Um, exactly. I have the same thing. Yeah. Mixing it and mixing it, you're like, all right, it's got to be done now. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And then before you know it, you like you, you listen to it in on a different set of speakers than the monitors and you go, What? This sounded ten times better yesterday. What did I just do? What did I just spend ten hours ruining? You know? <laughs> um, but long story short, my wife is probably the biggest piece of the balancing puzzle because she's the portion that will remind me, hey, you know, it's been a while since you worked on something. Okay, I'm gonna go lock myself in the room. Well, I don't have to worry about the other side of it, the promoting side. So I wholeheartedly mm -hmm. admit, like, without that, I probably, yeah, I'd still put the music out, but nobody would know about it because I would, I'd post something every now and then, and I have music. That's probably about it. Um, so yeah, I mean, and the kids have been like slowly showing some interest in it, which is kind of cool. So that kind of helps me feel a little bit more motivated to do it because like they're wanting to get into it now and. Since there's a drum set, multiple right. guitars, bass, you know, keyboards at their disposable at their disposal whenever they want, sometimes they'll start showing a little interest, and then I'm like, yeah, you know, what, actually, I think I'm gonna record some drums later, or you know, um, so yeah. But the other piece of this puzzle is I've been uh, I got kind of heavy, <laughs> um, so at the end of last year, uh, I was like, uh, I I kind of hit a peak weight for myself, and I wasn't happy. So I've also been trying to incorporate, you know, I've really changed my diet. I'm doing great. I've lost uh, 48 pounds actually since November, no, but yeah. I am um, trying to also infuse exercising into that, which has been great because that's another motivator to play the drums. Cause in my opinion, I can't get better exercise than drumming. So right. that was what kept me in shape. My whole life was drumming every single day. When I stopped, it was like my body just went, Oh, I just exploded. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I think, the biggest piece of balancing everything is my wife being there to help me because, you know, typically when I'm not on quarantine, I'm working, you know, 10 hour days. So it's hard to find time to do much of anything. Um, so yeah, that's my wife is probably how I balance it. She motivates me and she takes care of all the dirty work that I just don't, I'm not good with social media. That's the best way I could put it. <laughs> awesome. And your question's basically the same one, right? I'm sorry? Your next question's basically the same. Oh, <laughs> um, my balance. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so essentially challenge. it is. Um, so as a fellow one-man band, um, I know how hard it could be, <laughs> you know, having to do everything yourself. So, yeah, what is it for you that you would say is your biggest challenge, um, you know, being a solo artist and trying to balance everything and, you know, actually be able to stay focused and creative my 
my biggest challenge really is really not having a place where I can really have a studio. It's basically oh. mine's in my den and the TV is right there in the living room. And it's kind of a text. I mean, it's a small house, in Los Angeles. I mean, for, I can't even imagine. for a minute. Uh, I lived in New York for most of my life, and I. It's like, it's like, if I couldn't buy it, if I had to buy it now, and it's only a, it's only eleven hundred square feet. I mean, it's small. Yeah. It's a house, though, right? We still got one bathroom for four people, and we're always fighting over it. So. Yeah. Hey, I get it. I have two bathrooms, and we're still all fighting over them. So that's, I couldn't imagine. Well, I can, but. Yeah, and well, it's just the the hardest part for me is the vocals, because you got everybody else in the house. A lot yeah. of times it's at ten, eleven o'clock at night, and my wife's trying to go to sleep. And the other night I was doing vocals, and she's like, "Nod off," and I'd be starting to like, "You kept waking me up." I was like, I'm "Like I wasn't even screaming that hard. It was a song that wasn't really screaming." Right. I screaming all the time. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's hard to find time to do the. You know, it's actually funny you mentioned that. I don't know why I didn't even think about that. That is the hardest part. Because, like, you know, I, I have a big enough house, trust me. But the way I have it set up, I mean, my whole back foyer is the main portion of the studio. But I have a pretty open floor plan. <laughs> um, on the opposite side of that wall, though, where the drums and my interface and everything is all always mic'd, is my bedroom. And since it's the one place that I can go and kind of, you know, close the door, this is where I actually have, you know, my computer set up with my monitors and everything to do the mixing. And this is where I would record guitars. And I also have to record vocals. So there's another, my wife's closet, actually. We kind of just turned it into like a vocal booth. <laughs> um, I built this. So little tip, it cost me less than $10 for materials I bought at Walmart. I built this vocal chamber that it's suspended off of a um, like a shower curtain rod kind of thing and it's in the doorway of the um, the other closet so whenever I need to record vocals it I just hook the little suspension wires on there that I have and it's literally made out of uh, white like foam board and I took mm -hmm. one of those $10 uh, the bed top things that look like egg crate I cut into pieces, mm -hmm. spray adhesive, put it all together. I used flex seal tape to actually seal it up to try to get the mm -hmm. gaps. And it hangs there. You put the mic inside it. I stick my head up inside it, and I sing into that thing, and it cuts the noise down by about 75%. So I, I didn't mean to uh, barge into, you know, when you were answering your question, but uh, it was yeah. – it, it jumped in my head. Hey, you know, right. I would gladly give you the schematics for what I made. It's – <laughs> actually very effective and it yeah. literally the only thing that cost anything was the foam thing i think literally everything minus the foam thing was like four dollars so everything combined was about 15 bucks so yeah uh sorry cool. i did not mean to interrupt you on that i just it was like whoa well, i should probably tell him about this because <laughs> um, even having the bedroom you know like you said right. my wife wants to go to bed or something it's like 11 o'clock and it's like that's the only time i could do something yeah Stick my head inside this foam box that I made, and it actually deadens the sound. It makes it sound really natural. Right. Yeah, that's an idea. Yeah, something to think about.
Yeah. But yeah, the time-wise, it's just... Sometimes it's just after work. I'm just dead, and it's just... Yeah. I can't do anything. I'm like, I, I want to do something. I'm like, I want to do something. I want to do it. But then I'm sitting on the couch, and I'm just... I can't get up. <laughs> No, I'm just too damn tired. I totally relate. I'm telling you. You ever you ever be at work and you have an idea and you're so excited to go home and execute it, and then you get home and you're like, eh, not yeah. today. That's the worst. Yeah. And then the next day you're like, what was that again? Yeah. What was? How did that go? You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I put everything on. I put everything on one note. If I even have to sing it, I'll just like. Just to get something down to remember it. Yeah, I, I've been infamous for using uh, duns, like dun 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 dun. Yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> so, I get that, but yeah, I don't know. Being I work on cars, and I do mostly car electronics, it's kind of yeah. hard for me to be, you know, that's inside someone's true. dashboard and, you know, jotting ideas down on my phone, so to speak. So. <laughs> <laughs> Not yeah, to mention, the clients like to sit there and watch you work in their cars. They find it a little strange when you're in there. Just hold on a sec. Let me talk to my phone real quick. <laughs> before before the last question, I have an opinion on, on recording. I I kind of think that it's more the song than the recording. Because there's so many songs that have been recorded badly. They're still great songs. That... Sometimes it's, it, I, I don't really concentrating on getting the perfect sound, like like we were saying, the vocals. The, the deadening might be good for the, my wife, but I'm just in this big ass den living room and with the microphone, I'm just, I'm just singing. And, right, yeah. And, and I, sometimes you might even hear a plane go by or a car go by or a rooster crowing or... <laughs> And uh, and it was interesting. I've told the story before on some podcast, I think. But but uh, I don't know if you ever seen uh, Access TV. There was a special on David Gilmore, where he did did the interview with him, and it was it really kind of opened my eyes that he he was at a music store checking out a guitar. He came up with the riff, and he wanted to remember it, so he put it on his iPhone. You know. And you hear, you know, you heard all the background noise and stuff. And he went back to really record it, you know. And he said he couldn't get the same feel. So mm. they used that recording with with all the background noise, and, it, and they played it. And you can hear a little bit of it on the yeah on the on the recording. Yeah, that's interesting. And I like recording to sound more live than than. Yeah. That that's what that's what I like. Sometimes it's like I'm like some of some of these bands, especially punk bands, it's just like so pristine. I'm like, man, it's punk rock. It can't be like this perfectly yeah. perfectly clean sound. I'm like, it's gotta be raw. That's just the way I like to do my things. But no, I'm actually so I I share in that opinion a good bit. Not I'm not full on. So there are parts of the recording yeah. process that for me personally, I'm always trying to get better at because I want it to sound the best that I can get it to sound in regards to certain aspects and the drumming. Um, that's my biggest thing. 
I I never want something to sound like it was too perfect. So like, in fact, I was going to ask you, uh, which you kind of explained it in your last video, your drum recording process, because the drums are super convincing. Um, I just, like when I play something, I don't want to go back and cut every single snare and slide it and make it perfect. Like I, it should have a little bit of, it's a little off here. It comes back on here. In my opinion, that's you, you take that in most modern day rock recordings, the drums aggravate me more than anything because you could tell, even if someone played it, that they took it and they laid something else over it, a bunch of samples, whatever, to make every single thing sound so perfect and so in time, you sucked the life out of the drummer. You've taken the the humanity out of that. <laughs> That track right there, there is nothing human about it anymore. Um, so when it comes to that stuff, I 100% agree. And funny you mentioned, like, the rooster crowing or the plane going by um, in that interview. Um, in one of my songs, this isn't a plug or anything, um, it's actually the first song, I think, on the Regret album. There's this noise that sounds like someone yelling or, or like, throwing up almost, and it fit perfectly in, and it sounds like it was completely intentional. Because it was a very raspy song and aggressive, and it sounded like a person in the background almost being tortured. Um, it was not intentional. It was, I think, one of my kids screaming in the background. And I, I really liked my vocal take, so I left it in there. And after mixing it, I was like, that whole entire verse would not be the same if that noise wasn't there. Like, it made... In my opinion, it made the... Not yeah. like, it made the whole song. Because it's like, every time I listen to it now... I listened for that one moment, and I'm like, man, I've had other people tell me when they hear that song, man, that, that just really, that right there, for me, made it seem like this was really happening. And I was like, yeah, it was, except it was my psycho kids, not a psycho killer. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so I totally agree with all that stuff. But then for me, you know, I'm trying to get to where, like, you know, and it's also a different kind of, it's a different style of rock music. I want mm -hmm. it to be where if, you know, it's in a playlist, it doesn't stand out in a negative way. It could stand out. Right. It's, obviously, I'm doing, I'm a, it's, you know, bedroom studio, so let's be real. I don't think I'm right. ever going to have that million-dollar studio sound, but I, I try to get it to where it's like it still blends with a, the general population of music. So, like, I, I'm 50-50 on it. I want it to sound real. I like right. But I like a little bit of that produced sound as well. I like it to be kind of meet in the middle somewhere. So, yeah, right. Although you're right. That's not a widely accepted view on the way recordings should sound. I think there's a certain amount of realism that gets completely stripped away from the actual musicians who are playing the, the instruments in the first place when you overproduce it or a vocal that's just completely perfectly in tune. I don't care who you are. You're never going to sound 100% perfectly in tune, in key, like... So, yeah, you could use some, like, vocal processing to, like, clean up some of it, but don't ever line it up perfectly. Let it fluctuate a little. Right. Let them have right. their voice, you know? So that's why, like, I don't have the best voice. I know that, and I admit it, but I also sing in a completely different way. That, you know, I've been compared to Marilyn Manson, and, I mean, let's be real. I don't think he actually has a very good voice either, but it's different, and it works for him, you know? Um, right. and that's where I'm at. And it's like, I've had people ask me like, right. Oh, well, how come you didn't just throw like a small auto tune on that? And you know, you could have fixed that one note, like, because that's how I sang it. And honestly, like, 
I, I liked it that way. So I, you know what? I'm not that worried about it. <laughs> just what it is, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not a singer either. I just, I, I, I never was able to sing and play until uh, our last singer and just having got mad left and we deal with another singer. So we're like, Oh, let's just all just sing. So we all just kind of trade it off, try to figure which parts we could sing. And then as we wrote, I can sing some parts, you can sing some parts, and we trade off and whatever. But then, I really can't sing and play that much, but so I wouldn't be able to be playing my stuff out very much unless yeah. either I'm the full singer or <laughs> get somebody else to sing. But yeah, but uh, but I don't know. I just my my wife gets missed, pissed off because uh, I call it singing, but <laughs> it's like. That's not singing. <laughs> hey, like, well, it, it, it works in my opinion. I think it's great over here. Like it's exactly what you're going for. I think so. Um, it's what I would expect to hear. I when appreciate I that. And yeah, uh, get back to your question on drums. Yeah, get back to your question on drums. I, I appreciate the the compliment. I mean, it's yeah, super convincing. I I'm not gonna lie. The first time I listened to one of your songs, I looked over at my wife and I was like. I know you've been talking to him more than me. Has he mentioned anything about how he does his drum? Like, why, right? Why would you? I don't know. Like I said, I don't know the conversations. You know, when she's mm-hmm. pretending to be me sometimes, for all I know, they're talking, recording. You, I have no idea. So I was like, because, like, I'm, I literally looked at dead in the eye. I went, I'm on the fence here. I and, and I'm really good usually at picking out if something's fake or not. I was like, these are super convincing drums. So I'm wondering if he's actually playing or if this is some type of you know homebrew drums here like i still actually when i hear it even knowing how you do it i'm not even convinced 100 percent that they're not <laughs> but um yeah so that's awesome i can't i can't thank you just for a great such a great compliment it's like amazing it's 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 a total combination it i mean it's all like i said before it's all the the Led Zepp kit from from uh, from uh, the count the Cakewalk um, Studio or two three, mm-hmm. and I mean I, I just love that kit except except the bass drum, the bass drum I got from my after I got out of society I wanted to do more um, classical kind of stuff so I got a Yamaha CVP203 digital piano. Mm-hmm. And the kick, I recorded the kick off there, and that's that's my kick. I oh, mean, I love that. Cool. It's yeah. just, it's got that. That's yeah. what you want. It I, actually sounds like what they would And it's just, boom. Yeah. I love them. It, it reminds me, so I've I've done, uh, throughout the years touring, I've done some uh, live sound as well, because, like, we've actually shown up to venues and the sound guy got sick or some weird thing, you know? And uh, it sounds like the kick you would hear at a live show, how they would mix the kick in to cut through the mix. It, it's got that perfect mid-slap is the best way I would put it, and a nice, like, explosive low. Yeah, it's just a good overall balanced but it sounds like a live in your face kick, which is actually as a drummer. And like, again, my biggest thing when I'm mixing is like my drums, I always try to make them sound the most real 
like you know i want it to sound like you're standing there and it's right. like that's why again i just the I don't know. You did a phenomenal job, or you've like really figured out like the formula. Because especially with, even though it's punk, like the drums are not just the same simple, you know, punk beats that you're expecting to hear. They change up a lot. There's a like a lot of articulation, and it's just I don't know. It just sounds like really they sound like someone was playing the drums. It sounds like a live kit recorded by a person playing. Yeah, I mean, I I, I get, I get, when I have troubles, I get tips from my son and uh, the old drummer from Society got mad, but I haven't done that in a couple years, but, huh? You said your son plays the drums? Yeah, he hasn't played in a couple years, though. He hasn't played in a couple years, though. He, he's, he's onto the racing games on the computer. (laughs) Fair enough. Yeah, uh, it's, I don't know why. He, he finds that more... He was in a band for a little while, and it was fun the one time he played the the one place that we played a, a lot. It was kind of fun. We'd go back there, and, well, my son's playing the same place I played, but then his band was kind of, you know, band members. I think he got sick of the the politics and the Yeah, things. I totally agree. Yeah. He's like, yeah, whatever. He, he's done with it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, deal with the people, yeah. I, uh, my opinion. At least at this point, maybe five years down the road, he'll pick it up again. I mean, yeah, you never know. His drums are sitting right here. But because I tried to drum, and he's just like, what the hell are you doing? I'm not. I, even, oh, even, yeah. even in the car, even in the car, I'll be like, that's not what they're doing. And I'm like, I don't know. I, it just it's, it sounds good. I love I love the Tom kind of like. Bah. Yeah. I don't know. I just it's fun. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. Uh, and any time with a band, it's all it's it, yeah. Once it becomes a chore, or people start having differing. Or fluctuating opinions that's when it just it it's like impossible because you suck the fun out of it then it just becomes so i can totally understand mm-hmm. um yeah. oh yeah and i before i forget funny you mentioned about the whole issue with a singer thing and then you and someone else were trying to figure out well we could trade off these parts um my last band had the same issue the last year we were touring our um our main lead singer actually up and quit on us one day um not going to get into it but yeah myself and one of my brothers who was actually in the band he played the bass and then also started singing and trying to play at the same time and wasn't used to it and i was trying to sing and play the drums at the same time and it turned out that i started screaming and drumming at the same time and that got very difficult to try and and i can't really i could play the drums and sing and scream a little bit at the same time but you know you're banging a drum set and exerting yourself already so that was a little more than i bargained for (laughs) Um, but that was difficult. Yeah. So I, I can't, same thing. I couldn't really play out cause I couldn't, I'd have to sit there and drum and let everyone else do it, you know, or play one right. instrument. I can't, I can't even barely play the guitar and look away from it. I, I don't even like lie. Like, I mean, I, yeah. it's weird cause, like I could get into it and I could play some pretty decently intricate stuff, but I can't for some reason, like the drums. Yeah. I could literally, you could blindfold me and sit me in front of any drum set and I'll be able to play it and sing whatever 
but I can't do that with any other instrument. I don't know why. I it's like I, I tell people all the time, like I'm I'm really only great at one instrument. I'm just decent at everything else, I guess. Yeah, but yeah. you know, I don't I don't think that I'm a bad musician or anything like that for that matter. I just think that when it comes to other instruments besides the drums, I you know, it was something that like I never because of issues with bands. That was the only reason why I started playing these other instruments. So it's like, that's not what I do. It just now is something that I do. But right. um, yeah, it's it's interesting that you had mentioned that because I feel like we have so many like similar <laughs> patterns throughout our musical history here. Right, um, right. Yeah. And, and another thing uh, about your drums, um, do you like have them set up and the mics are always there and it's all or you have to like set everything up every time or what it is permanently set up yeah yeah permanently set up pretty much permanently mic i did just change all the mics so anything that i have recorded right now up until the last song i put out a few weeks ago was recorded with old mics and before i redid all of my software and got all new plugins and everything that i have been spending nothing but time on the computer learning how to use um i've actually like i said i've been mixing and writing another song the past couple of days and even in its really really early stage in my cubase session right now it is by far the best sounding and most natural sounding thing i have ever been able to produce um and I'm not one to say, oh, you know, if you're willing to spend money, you could let things do it for you. But it, it's not that. It's just if you can get things that can help you, like, you know, I consider a plugin a tool. You don't want to use the wrong tool. You want to get the right tool. So I think I've had plugins right. that I adapted to because it's what I had. Now I have the right plugins, the right tools, the right compressors. And I don't mm -hmm. know. Uh, the drums are benefiting from it the most because I not only got all that, but changing the drum mics, yeah, I am really, really excited. But yeah, everything is permanently there. So at any moment, if if I can and it's quiet and I want to sit down and make it not quiet anymore, I will sit down and just start blasting those things. Which I'm very fortunate to have the ability to just keep that stuff set up. Yeah, there. that's that's what I like about the setup too. Yeah, yeah, because. There's no, there's no crosstalk on any of mine because they've recorded those drums separately, and it's just when you hit the snare, it's just, it's just full snare. It's like, yeah. There's no, you don't get any kick sound in there. You don't get any symbols or, yeah, or anything. So it's. That's and like, like, I, I and like what? Yeah, what? It's this. I mean, it's a combination. They have pre, pre-made actual drummer midi tracks there too i do use mm -hmm. i mean some of it is real hard i can't tell you which one right. but you know sometimes if the kick's in the wrong place i'll like move the kick and yeah. it's if it's close i'll just move the kick where i need the kick or move the snare a little bit or cut out a snare or add a snare but then it's just drumming is just repetitive and and math basically <laughs> so, yeah definitely <laughs> So if you yeah. got dupa uh, dupa dupa dupa, you just go dupa dupa dupa, copy right across, and I got my drum. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> got my drum, yeah, I mean, and then you're like, okay, I want to roll here. Delete, delete, delete. Tom, 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 Tom. There you go, off to go. Yeah, so I think there's a that's like a double-edged sword, though. So you have 
already pristinely laid out pieces for yeah. you. But it's a puzzle. You have to put it together. But now you ha you have the battle of how do I, because they were all so individually perfect when they were recorded, how do I now make it sound cohesive? Because, like you said, there's no crosstalk. That actually almost makes everything sound too good, in a sense. Um, but then there's the aspect of, like, you know, a person naturally playing might, like, for instance, I'm very big on just random accent, hit a splash, or just open the hat this one random time for no reason, even though I didn't do the rest of the song. That's, again, why I'm, like, highly impressed with your drums, because I feel like, although it is the same structured, repetitive nature of drumming, you have what appears to be a, sounds like somebody literally sat there and drummed it for real, because nothing, in my opinion, sounds too staged so whatever it is you're doing to the end result is great i mean i get I appreciate yeah i draw it together on the computer and i'm good to go but like you have to have a sense of creativity to be able to take something that would normally just sound like and give it a and like have that sound natural and i don't you do it so i don't i'm not going to continue to you know, oh, praise the drum lord over here. But like for what it is, like I'm like I've heard a lot of fake drums, even from very famous professional producers that just don't come across as natural to me. So pretty rare for me to actually be impressed with someone's fake drums. I don't want to use the word fake, but you know what I mean. Uh, All right, I appreciate it again. Yeah. Oh yeah. I guess you pretty much answered. The uh, fourth one, uh, you're coming up with a new album, and uh... yep, um, I have a couple of tentative names for it. Um, one yeah. of them is probably gonna be the most unpopular vote. But the thing about it is, like, all of my stuff again is predetermined to be either based on a story, so most of it is completely fictitious. It's about an actual character, mm -hmm. you know, like, and demons and this like demonic form and like the devil and like i don't worship the devil nothing like that it's literally right. but ironically like the this follow-up album may be because this does introduce ultimately the mastermind in the whole story here uh it may be called the devil um mm. it's not it's not about the devil but it's about this figure that is like the ultimate evil um either that or it's going to be called severed finger i haven't <laughs> haven't, <laughs> I haven't uh, taken to account like how that would actually because there's a song that's definitely if the album's not called severed finger there's going to be a song called the severed finger but the severed finger doesn't play as big of a role in the story as the ultimate evil so or it might not be either one of those names i haven't but i'm pretty sure that's kind of one of those two is what i'm set on right now <laughs> so any uh you have a date yet, or just kind of over the summer? Um, I want to by June, tentatively, which is a really, really big rush. I I want to have everything done, so like I want to really shoot for like a July release for the full mm -hmm. album. But I want to have by June not only everything done, but have put out two more songs. That would be kind of similar to what I did last time. That would be three songs from the album and then the album. Mm -hmm. And it would be month to month to month. So I put something out a few weeks ago, and that was actually a cover. And the weird part is now that I am like have a completely different setup, 
even though I just did that song and mixed it like a few weeks ago, I it's going to sound. Did you ever hear an album, and you could tell that like one or two of the songs were recorded like in a completely different studio, or the mixing engineer was just completely different mindset, and they just stick out like sore yeah. thumb. Like that song yeah. definitely will stick out like a sore thumb, but that could be a good thing because it is a cover, so it's not you know. It's not even the same type of genre. It's a much like, or the original song at least. That band plays much softer rock than I do, but um, I might remix it and try to make it sound more cohesive. Um, but I just, I don't know. Yeah. That that cover had a certain feel that I was going for, and I thought I kind of captured it. So I'm not sure. But now I'm like, well, I wonder if I did it this way with this new modern sound that I can get, if I could totally give it a brand new life again. So then it would be cool to have two different versions of the same song. So I'm not really sure. If you got an opinion on what you think I should do with that, feel free, because I, I haven't decided if I'm remixing that or not. But ultimately, July. Yeah, well, what I did for the what I did for the two EPs was most of the songs I kind of remixed them. Okay. And uh, I used I put album version on you know on the EP, so I, I changed little bit of different things uh, a few of them you know you're always getting better and I'm like well I want a different sound on this one so yeah I even was able to change the amplifiers because because all my uh, all my amps are similar you know sim, sim yep. amps too so mine are as well I was so, actually gonna yeah, ask I like you about that <laughs> I mean, if you know I don't, I don't like my amp sound on this one bam change a different amp and there you yeah. go <laughs> yeah, or like, oh, I want it to sound like it's coming out of a 4x12 instead of a 2x10 or something, yeah, you, you know. You can change, change the amp, the amp head. Microphones. Yeah, change microphone the placement. Things. It's amazing what you could do now with these simulations or uh, impulses, I think they call them, right? So, yeah, it's crazy. So there, I'll admit, my guitar playing is real, but the uh, amp sound is not. <laughs> All right, uh, what else we got here? I guess it's your turn. Yeah, so out of curiosity, um, how are, and in your case, I don't know if you're working or not or whatever, but how are you guys dealing with the quarantine thing right now? I guess, I don't know, everyone's sort of wondering about that. I know you guys yeah, yeah. in your area are pretty bad. Um, we're kind of going through it pretty bad right now too. And side note to that is this whole thing kind of inspiring any new music, you know, with, with everything. <laughs> I just finished finishing up a song called COVID-19. I don't know if you heard well, that. Okay, then. <laughs> so there you go. Fair enough. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's, for me, it's, you know, I'm trying, to, I'm pretty much not being that political about it, but, but it's just like the experience. I'm like trying to make the song about the experience of what everybody's going through. Yeah. So, okay. So there might be a little, might be a little political tinge to a few lines, but most of it is kind of, is kind of, and political. I don't know. It just that whole term gets me because everything's political now. So yeah. It's like no matter what you say, you, you can say, you know. You can say what, which way the toilet roll is supposed to go on, over or under, and that's that could be political. And just like, gee whiz, I want it this way. No, I want it this way. Let's just make a law that you 
I watched a show with my wife on Netflix about that, or they were doing experiments. It's called 100 People, I think. It's funny you mentioned the toilet paper roll. One of the experiments was they actually have people, hey, which way does the toilet paper roll go? And some people were like, if you put it this way, you're insane. Like, I can't even trust you. (laughs) I was like, (laughs) people care that much about the way the toilet paper? So, yeah, to your point, that is like exactly correct. You, You can't. Nothing you do or say nowadays is going to go smooth with everybody. <laughs> yeah, that one blew me away. I can't believe you said that. That's really funny. Like, we just watched it the other day. <laughs> yeah, people take things to oh. an extreme level. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, I mean, for me, it's 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 the similar to the 12 years thing. It, it It's just like... They don't have information, in my opinion, and they don't know what the hell they're doing. And they're just throwing spaghetti at the wall and see if it's going to stick. Stick. Yeah. First, there's first there's two million dead. Now there's two hundred thousand dead. Then <laughs> then there then there's going to be a hundred thousand dead. And they don't know. You know, I don't know what's happening. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> Luckily, I still have my job and my my uh, sons have their jobs, and we're we're doing fine here. Well, that's good. Yeah. What about you guys? It's uh, we're good. It's I'm on furlough right now, like I said. So that's why I know I'm gonna get this album done because I got three months to sit around. <laughs> um, I've done all sorts of crazy stuff around the house. I think a lot of people were, but I actually lucky enough have the skill set to do construction. So. I put up a fence and stuff like that where you see people mm-hmm. trying to who have no idea what they're doing trying to do things like that and it's pretty interesting to see all the new uh, found handymen in the world um, <laughs> but yeah. um, not I think it's still in our state I want to I don't want to say it's in it's a like it's early state it's definitely very advanced but I feel like we're still having days where you know oh peak still getting higher still getting higher um, the cases are just growing and growing in some of our counties. And like, I live in a more rural area. Um, we're actually just a little bit on the outskirts south of Charlotte in North Carolina, um, mm-hmm. which in Charlotte, there's a lot of cases. I, that would be to be expected. Um, our county is like doubling and tripling still every day. And so for us here, I find it, you know, I think my town, it's such a small town. We have one traffic light, we have a gas station, and we have a pizza place, and that is it. Um, they recently have started putting a couple of, like, coding places for kids in this little strip mall that's been sitting there empty for the past 14 years that I've lived here. Um, besides that, there's nothing. And I think the population is, like, a 1,000, and we're getting cases in our county now. So, like, it's now, I think, reaching its scariest point for us where I get a lot of people's points of like, you know, my family and, and, you know, my wife, myself, my three kids, we're probably all at a good, healthy age. And, you know, our, our, we're all healthy here. So like, if we get it, is it going to affect us? Probably not. Can we give it to other people that it can affect? Yes. So I absolutely do agree with in our state right now yeah. and the condition of the disease here, staying inside the best we can and all that. Um, I think it's a catch-22 because, yeah, you, you know, there are some areas that it's already so advanced that it's like 
what what's the point if you if they're saying you can't give it to someone again i don't know because i'm not a scientist or a doctor just know what i see on the news and what i read but like Mm -hmm. you know to your point if you guys all had it already what what's what are you doing you know are you slowing the spread of it down at that point i don't know but like for us Absolutely. I mean, I just found out somebody around the corner from me got it. So the fertilizer place was shut down. And I'm like, wait a minute, I could throw a rock at that. Oh, I'm sorry. We have a fertilizer place also. It's a very agriculture uh, yeah. town. So I, I could throw a rock at this place. I was just in there, you know, recently. So in my head, I'm going, well, I was in contact with someone that might have had it. For all I know, we all had it. I don't even know. But yeah. like, I feel like, yeah, we have a need right now here to stay in and keep our distance. But it's, you know, the kids are definitely starting to lose their minds. They've been off from school yeah. for about a month. They're not going back this year. We're trying to do homeschooling now. Uh, yeah. It's a giant learning process for all of us. I'm not complaining because, you know, all the people are having the same issues as us. Right. But, you know, some are less fortunate. Some are more fortunate. You know, monetarily speaking, you know, we're doing okay, even though I'm out of work for a little while. But not everyone has the ability to financially plan for something like this. So there's a lot of people out there that are just really hurting and i feel bad but you know at the same time i'm not saying you know i have this huge bank account or anything but like you know are we hurting bad right now no will we be if this continues going on a few months from now yeah i'll be in the same scary boat um so yeah but we're doing okay (laughs) it's just playing it by ear still i think it's more the um personal sanity of us yeah, being together. Other than uh, home repairs, do you have any other hobbies besides music? Um, <laughs> I, I do. Well, <laughs> clearly I do enjoy video games. Uh, I've oh, played games, games since I was a very young kid. I used to have a, yeah. as a young, young kid, I had a Commodore 64, uh, I had a ColecoVision. I had some, you know, some super old consoles like that, the Atari that like most people nowadays have no idea what they are. Um, so I always enjoyed video games, but I never made it like a priority in my life, but my wife likes to play. Um, although we don't as much anymore, believe it or not, my wife and I even, and we've been together for 16 years now. We always actually, she grew up in a family who, uh, liked it myself included and my brothers, we all used to watch wrestling. Um, so we started watching wrestling again every now and then since we've been home, you know, like WWE. So not mm-hmm. really. <laughs> um, it's fun. It's funny. It's weird watching them try to perform to empty stadiums. Um, it's very weird, actually. It's like watching yeah. people like method act where they're just acting, you know, to themselves. Right. Um, but yeah, I'd say I work, like I said, I do work on cars. Um, I'm not a master mechanic, but I am an MECP certified um, mobile electronic installation technician. So um, when it comes to car electronics, that's that's what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, that actually did start as a hobby. I was just talking online with my, my friends. Um, it was funny, we were talking about this thing he's doing like, you know, Hey, post 10 albums throughout your lifetime that helped influence your taste in music. And I put up the prodigy, uh, the fat of the land. I don't know if you're familiar with them or that album. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's, they're totally different than what you probably expect uh, me to be listening to. They're like an electronic, almost techno type music. Um, but they were like a little bit edgier. Uh, long story short, he was commenting how 
he, he remembers that album, you know, the subs in his car would always shake the neighborhood and piss everybody off. And um, it was funny because, like, it, it really got me thinking, like, my whole life, even when I was younger, I always did, you know, hobby-wise, installed stereos and stuff in people's cars for them because I liked doing it. It was fun. And I never even really put together the fact, you know, fast forward 20 years later, that's what I do for a living. And I, to me, when I go to work, I'm not working. You know, it's really true what they say. If you find something you love doing, you will never work a day in your life. And I have been lucky enough. It took me a long time to get the position that I am in now. Um, but, yeah, it's another thing that kind of sucks about the quarantine is I actually really enjoyed going to work. I miss yeah. going and working on these cars and seeing these kids' faces after I put in their new stereo or their new speakers or, you know, their new security system and, you know, showing them how this stuff works in their car and just seeing them light up and be so excited is – that sucks because that was, like, my fulfilling part of my day, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I'd say that's probably – for the most part it i mean like yeah I, I like to build stuff i like to tinker with electronics and i like working on cars and i like to play video games yourself if you don't mind me asking <laughs> no i'm running into gardening okay i got um, green thumb, huh? yeah i got my green grass finally in my backyard that i didn't have for 20 years Oh, kind of there you go. Let, just let it go. Finally got some nice grass, growing some strawberries. Peach tree, blueberries, orchids, cactus. Gotta have the cactus. cactus. Gotta have the cactus. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's cool. So that's like my main hobby right now. Uh, have some have some have some bonsais. I used to really be into bonsais, but but kind of when I got back more into music, the bonsais kind of took a back took a back seat. So <laughs> this stuff always looked relaxing I, to me, but I just I don't know. <laughs> I used to have like fifty bonsais, but now I'm down to like eight or so. Wow. So I just let them all go. Interesting. Yeah, I um. I actually not I'm not really into gardening or anything, but I did do a little garden this year. My wife, we used to do a small like vegetable garden every year. My I didn't do it last year. My wife was like, "Oh, well, you got no excuses now. You have plenty of time." <laughs> so uh, we dug it up. I put it in there, and it's just funny you mentioned. I feel like there's so many odd similarities. The only thing, you know, the plants are growing. There's like some zucchini and you know squash and peppers or whatever, but the only thing that's sprouted anything right now, the first thing you said, strawberries. I actually, yesterday, I noticed I have a strawberry growing. I was, like, so excited. <laughs> I was running around the yard screaming, I'm growing strawberries. Yeah. <laughs> We're all going a little bit, a little bit crazy being cooped in the house to the point that you run around the yard screaming, I'm growing strawberries. But, um, yeah, that's probably the extent of my gardening skills. Yeah, I'm getting so many strawberries, I can't even eat them all. They're starting to go rotten before I can eat them all. I'm like, oh, man, yeah. I can't have that strawberries. <laughs> I'm getting like a, hand, a good a good handful a day. I'm going to start giving them away or something. Fair enough. Yeah. Huh. All right, man, this was fun. Yeah, definitely. If you don't mind, I got one more quick little okay. additional to add in, just for fun. Okay. So, um, I, what's the best concert or your favorite concert you've ever been to? Metallica. 
I never did get to see Metallica well, live. The, the Ride the Lightning tour, that was like the best thing, man. It was like, was just blown away. Just yeah, blown that, away. I'm sure that had to be amazing. I've seen videos of them playing live. I mean, it was, I mean, it was, the, it was in a small club, too, by, by, near Ohio State. So, I mean, it was, it was like, you know, I think 1,200 people probably. It, was more, it wasn't even, it wasn't even like a stadium. It was like more a club setting. There wasn't really seats. It was just like, like a little thing at the bottom and then little tables and stuff. It's just like. That's the best show. It, it, it was personal. And it was just yeah. like, it was with like armor and water. It was pretty good. Wasp pretty much sucked. <laughs> Wasp, he, he had his leather pants with the, with 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 holes cut out in his butt cheeks and I'm like I'm really <laughs> I don't want to I don't want like, to see that. <laughs> what did Wasp stand for? We are Satan's people or something like that? I don't something remember. Stupid! I can never get into them. They were never. I was never a fan. Yeah. <laughs> and then Metall and then Metallica just came out and it was just like, man, it was just that. I'm sure was like, awesome. Cool. Well, that's, just, you're lucky because I've not uh, been blessed with I'm, that. I'm I'm one of the one I'm one of the I'm one of the ones that people usually hate. That pretty much after Ride the Lightning is uh, they're done for me. So <laughs> I like the first two albums, and that's that's about it. <laughs> yeah, what was that uh, Cliff, their bassist? I think he what he passed away right after that, right? Or I think so. I don't remember if he played on Master of Puppets or not. I can't remember. I just know there was this whole huge debacle. Yeah, the, the with, yeah, yeah, with the uh, injustice for all with their the new their second bassist Jason Mustad or whatever his name is. I don't claim to know that much about. I just know that if you listen to the uh, original version of that album, it sounds like there's no bass guitar at all. I guess they right. were trying to like haze him into the band, so Lars right. like the drummer like basically told the engineer to just like completely cut the bass out. So people right. have released um, their own versions of what that album would sound like with the bass being played on it. It changes the entire mm -hmm. dynamic. Mm -hmm. That's actually my favorite album by Metallica. Um, I just right. never even realized that there was no bass until it was pointed out to me. And now I can't not right. like I can't listen to it now without like just really trying to hear a bass like every time like oh today is gonna be different and it's just it's just not there. It's really weird. Yeah. So I, if you didn't know about that, you should actually take a quick look into that. Listen to the version with and without the bass, and it is uh, a mind-blowing change. For something, an instrument that is so underrated, you know, half the time it's just there to fill something. And a lot right. of people don't realize, you know, if you have a band where there's a really, really good bassist and they're playing something, like, completely intricate, yeah, you, you pick up on it. But usually the bass is just very filling. But when it's not there, if you could show someone here's yeah. with it, here's without it, you never can't unhear it again. It's insane. Right. People don't realize that. Right. So that that album got ruined for me because of that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's this one band. Uh, have you ever heard of them? It's a punk band from Canada. No means no. Mm -mm. You ever seen it? No. I no means no. Like... They're actually. 80s and 90s, uh, they were um, 
I believe they're more of a two piece, which is two brothers. Okay. And they would hire guitar players to tour with them, and sometimes they'll on the album too. But but <clears throat> there's three or four songs of theirs that are just bass and guitar, bass and drums, and them singing. And you don't miss the guitar one bit. That's I mean, it's no means it, no. I want to check it, that out. It's like I can't remember the exact names of the songs, but but I, I, you can tell it's only bass and drums. It's only bass and drums, but I'll I'll uh, I'll, I'll uh, contact you on Twitter if I get the name of the song. I'll or I'll send you links to. Uh, Spotify or something. I think. Yeah, think of the names. Yeah, thank you. I, mean, I wrote the name of the band. It's like, but it's like, it's like, man, that's only bass, but it's just like he's just awesome. He's got that, he's got that mid sound that comes through with the bass also, mm -hmm. and that fills it out. It's, yeah, it's just awesome. I'm like, man, that's a bass and guitar, but it exactly. kind of doesn't sound like. It. Nice. Yeah, I definitely want to check that out. Yeah, and then uh, the concert, another one that was almost as good as Metallica was um, Uriah Heep. I saw Uriah Heep in the, I think it was in the 90s. They were freaking awesome, too. Hmm. They were really good. It was, it's almost almost as good as Metallica. Who was it? I don't know if I'm familiar with it. Who? It was, they have this one song, uh, it, and it Uriah Heep. Uriah Heep? Uriah Heep. Uriah Heep. I don't know the band I haven't heard of. I'm going to have to check Really? you never heard of them? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, they're old. They're from like uh, early 70s into the 80s. And they, I think they might even still be partially together for a long time. They're, they're, they're an old band. Huh. Yeah, <clears> in the 90s, they have a song, just have a song called Red Lights. It's It's... Similar effect to the to you know the beginning of Ride the Lightning, the theater and the the the, the um, strings and keyboards, it's kind of a da da. Entrance like full on. And man, that concert was freaking awesome. Nice. <clears throat> oh, I have not heard of them, but I will check them out. <laughs> All right, man. This was fun. Yeah, definitely. I'm glad you're doing this, man. This is cool. Band to band, solo to solo. <laughs> <laughs> solo but band yeah, to solo uh, band. One yeah, man to one man. It's good to talk to someone who can completely relate to the things you you know you're doing when you're trying to do it yourself. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> so interesting definitely. how many similar definitely. experiences we've had. <laughs> definitely, definitely, and run. We're on the opposite sides of the country. Yeah, like literally, <laughs> we are on the furthest time zones from each other. <laughs> so now that's cool that we were able to get this together. I'm glad I was able to do it today. I'm glad that my face didn't stay swollen out to here. Uh, it was yeah. pretty bad. It still hurts, actually. I, I've had lots of dental work done over the years, and nothing really fazed me. For some reason, this one just kind of destroyed me. So, <laughs> wow. Sorry that it took me a few extra days to jump on here with you, but I appreciate you having me out here, man. This is cool. I think you should try to keep this going. I'm sure it's time-consuming, so um, I appreciate the effort that's going to be going into uh, you keeping this going. As yeah, well. so, so far it's been worth it. 
Cool. People got some good responses, so thanks. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate uh, you having me on here. And I guess with that, I would say be safe with everything that's going on, and uh, we'll continue to be in touch online.